Chapter eighty one of The Wanderer or Female Difficulties. This is a LibriVox recording. A LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wanderer or Female Difficulties by Fanny Burney. Chapter eighty one. Sir Jasper had listened to this narrative with trembling interest and a species of emotion that was indefinable. His head bent forward and his mouth nearly as wide open, from the fear of losing a word, as his eyes, from eagerness not to lose a look. But, when it was finished, he exclaimed, in a sort of transport, "'Is this all? Joy, then, to great Caesar! Why, tis nothing! My little fairies are all skipping in ecstasy, while the wickeder imps are making faces and wry mouths, not to see mischief enough in the wind to afford them a supper. This a marriage?' why you are as free as air. The little birds that fly with careless ease from tree to tree are not more at liberty. Ah, fair enslaver, were I as unshackled. The smiles that, momentarily, broke their way through the tears and sadness of Juliet, showed how much this declaration was in unison with her wishes. But, exhausted by relating a history so deeply affecting to her, she could enter into no discussion, and remained ceaselessly weeping, till the baronet, with an expression of surprise, asked whether the meeting that would now ensue with her own family could offer her no consolation. Rousing then from her sorrows, to a grateful though forced exertion, "'Oh, yes!' she cried. Yes, your generous goodness has given me new existence, but horror and distress have pursued me with such accumulating severity that the shock is still nearly overpowering. Yet let me not diminish the satisfaction of your beneficence. I am going now to be happy. How big a word! How new to my feelings! A sister, a brother! Have I indeed such relations?' smiling even brightly through her tears. And will Lady Aurora, the sweetest of human beings, condescend to acknowledge me? Will amiable Lord Melbury deign to support, to protect me? Oh, Sir Jasper, how have you brought all this to bear? Where are these dearest persons? And when and by what means am I to be blessed with their sight, and honoured with the sanction to my claim of consanguinity? Sir Jasper begged her to compose her spirits, promising to satisfy her when she should become more calm. But, her thoughts having once turned into this channel, all her tenderest affections gushed forth to oppose their being diverted into any other, and the sound, the soul-penetrating sound of sister, of brother, once allowed utterance, vibrated through her frame with a thousand soft emotions, now first welcomed without check to her heart. Urgently, therefore, she desired an explanation of the manner in which this commission had been given, of the tone of voice in which she had been named, and of the time and place destined for the precious meeting. Sir Jasper, though enchanted to see her revived, and enraptured to give ear to her thanks, and to suck in her praises, was palpably embarrassed how to answer her inquiries, which he suffered her to continue so long without interruption or reply, that, her eagerness giving way to anxiety, she solemnly required to know, whether it were by accident, or through his own information, that Lord Melbury and Lady Aurora 
had been made acquainted with her rights, or, more properly, with her hopes and fears in regard to their kindness and support. Still no answer was returned, but smiling looks and encouraging assurances. The most alarming doubts now disturbed the just opening views of Juliet. "'Ah, Sir Jasper!' she cried. "'Why this procrastination? Practice no deception, I conjure you. Alas, you make me fear that you have acted commission.' He protested, upon his honour, that that was not the case, yet asked why she had settled that his commission came from Lady Aurora or Lord Melbury. "'Good heaven!' exclaimed Juliet, astonished and affrighted. He had only, he said, affirmed that his commission was to take her to those noble personages, not that it had been from themselves that it had emanated. Again every feature of Juliet seemed changed by disappointment, and the accent of reproach was mingled with that of grief as she pronounced, "'Oh, Sir Jasper, can you then have played with my happiness?' have trifled with my hopes. "'Not to be master of the whole planetary system,' he cried. "'With Venus in her choicest wiles at its head, I have honourably had my commission, but it has been for, not from, your honourable relations, those little invisible but active beings who have taken my conscience in charge, have spurred and goaded me on to this deed ever since I saw your distress at the fair Gaelic needlemongers.' Night and day have they pinched me and jerked me, to see you, to find you, and to rescue you from that brawny caitiff. Alas, to what purpose, if I have no asylum, what is my security? If I have erred, my beauteous fugitive, said Sir Jasper archly, I must order the horses to turn about. We shall still, probably, be in time to accompany the happy captive to his cell. Juliet involuntarily screamed, but besought at least to know how she had been traced, and what had induced the other pursuit, or caused the seizure, which she had so unexpectedly witnessed, of her persecutor. He answered that, restless to fathom a mystery, the profundity of which left, to his active imagination, as much space for distant hope as for present despair, he had invited Riley to dinner, upon quitting Frith Street, and through his means had discovered the pilot, whose friendship and services were secured, without scruple, by a few guineas. By this man Sir Jasper was shown the advertisement which he now produced, and which Juliet, though nearly overcome with shame, begged to read. Eloped from her husband, a young woman, tall, fair, blue-eyed, her face oval, her nose Grecian, her mouth small, her cheeks high-coloured, her chin dimpled, and her hair of a glossy light brown. She goes commonly by the name of Miss Ellis. Whoever will send an account where she may be met with, or where she has been seen, to attorney in Street, London, shall receive a very handsome reward. The pilot further acknowledged to Sir Jasper that his employer had, formerly, been at the head of a gang of smugglers and swindlers, though latterly he had been engaged in business of a much more serious nature. This intelligence, with an internal conviction that the marriage must have been forced, decided Sir Jasper to denounce the criminal to justice, and then to take every possible measure, 
to have him either imprisoned for trial, or sent out of the country by the alien bill, before he should overtake the fair fugitive. His offences were, it seemed, notorious, and the warrant for his seizure was readily granted, with an order for his being embarked by the first opportunity. Nevertheless the difficulty to discover him had almost demolished the scheme, though the baronet had aided the search in person, to enjoy the bliss of being the first to announce freedom to the lovely runaway, and to offer her immediate protection. But the pilot, who, after being well paid for his information, had himself absconded, delayed all proceedings till he was found out, by Riley, upon the Salisbury Road. He evaded giving any further intelligence, till the glitter of a few guineas restored his spirit of communication, when he was brought to confess that his master was in that neighbourhood, where they had received assurances that the fugitive herself was lodged. Sir Jasper instantly, then, took the measures of which the result, seconded by sundry happy accidents, had been so seasonable and prosperous. And never, said he, in conclusion, did my delectable little friend serve me so cogently as in suggesting my stratagem at your sight. If you do not directly name, they squeaked in my ear, her brother and sister, she may demur at accompanying you. If her brother and sister honour your assertion, you will fix the matchless wanderer in her proper sphere. If they protest against it, what giant stands in the way to your rearing and protecting the lovely flower yourself? This was the manner in which these hovering little beings egged me on. But whether with the playful philanthropy of courteous sylphs, to win me your gentle smiles, or whether with the wanton malignity of little devils, to annihilate me with your frowns, is still locked up in the womb of your countenance. He then farther added, that Riley had accompanied him throughout the expedition, but that, always exhilarated by scenes which excited curiosity, or which produced commotion, he had scampered into the inn, to witness the culprits being secured, while Sir Jasper had paid his respects at the chaise. With a disappointed heart, and with affrighted spirits, Juliet now saw that she must again, and immediately, renew her melancholy flight, in search of a solitary hiding-place, till she could be assured of the positive embarkation of the commissary. In vain Sir Jasper pressed to pursue his design of conveying her to her family. The dread of Lord Denmeath, who was in actual communication and league with her persecutor, decided her refusal. Though, while she had believed in Sir Jasper's commission for seeking her, neither risk nor doubt had had power to check the ardour of her impatience, to cast herself upon the protection of Lord Melbury and Lady Aurora. But she felt no courage. However generously they had succoured and distinguished her as a distressed individual, to rush upon them, uncalled and unexpected, as a near relation, and one who had so large a claim, could her kindred be proved upon their inheritance. Her most earnest wish was to rejoin her Gabriella. But there, where she had been discovered, she could least hope to lie concealed. She must still, therefore, fly in lonely silence. But she besought Sir Jasper to take her anywhither rather than to Salisbury, where she had had the horror of being examined by the advertisement. Proud to receive her commands, 
he recommended to her a farmhouse about three miles from the city, of which the proprietor and his wife, who were worthy and honest people, had belonged formerly to his family. She thankfully agreed to this proposal, but when they arrived at the farm, they heard that the master and mistress were gone to a neighbouring fair, whence they were not expected back for an hour or two, and that they had locked up the parlour. Some labourers being in the kitchen, Sir Jasper proposed driving about in the interval, and ordered the postillion to Wilton. End of chapter 81 Recording by Roxana Nazari